88.4 FM. And we're back. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening. I hope they are. <laughs> I hope they're listening. <laughs> uh, I just got a message uh, from Talalo's director of uh, the foreign channels here saying like from forbidden topic to forbidden music. It's very intense. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, you were saying you appreciated the music because it's uh, your nickname? No, it's my dog's name, your Nato. Dog? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> it was so, an accident. It's also a city in Japan, but I didn't know that. And now you know that there is a song for your dog as well. Yeah, several apparently. <laughs> yeah? There's yeah. more Naras? Yeah, because it's like a sacred city in Japan. It's uh, like sacred deer. So, Okay, yeah. so uh, I've noticed lately that the topic of women's health has been coming up in your feed. Yes. Uh, um, so I'm obviously, if you can't tell from my voice, I identify as male. <laughs> you know, and... It's important to clear these things up, though. Thank you. It is important to clear them up. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, first of all, why should we be talking about it? What's, what's wrong with women's uh, health and compared to male, uh, men's health? Okay, mm. so that's a great question, right? So, as you might have noticed, I talk a lot about women's issues in general, right? And mm. as a doctor, I think it makes sense to address the topic of women's health. So, let me start by saying this is a global issue. This is not necessarily a local issue, right? Okay. So, we know because women have been underrepresented in scientific fields and the medical fields up until like 15 years ago. A lot of what we think about in terms of treatment and healthcare has been targeted towards men. So you might say, okay, but we're humans, right? And our bodies work pretty much the same way. So why should it matter? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, and the answer is it does matter because even though they're like, there, there are differences physiologically, which I think You've alluded to being obvious, right? Between men and women, uh, we have different amounts of hormones in our bodies. And that actually affects a lot about how we respond to things like medications. It also affects how um, when we do get a disease, for example, like heart disease, it might not present in the same way in women as it does in men. So why has there been a disparity worldwide? What what went wrong? So uh, let me... Let me not say like what went wrong. Let's just describe what happened, right? So what we, happened? Okay. So we know up until it, it's only because of World War One, when a lot of men died out in the war, that women really entered the workplace in a more real way, right? Okay. So we didn't used to really see women in medicine and science in the early 1900s, right? This was all considered a man's world. Um, a lot of universities didn't allow entrance for women, like women's votes didn't even voting didn't come into place until like 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. So women have simply been dismissed as a part of. The the academic force for the longest time. So it was more of men were treated like the default gender. So any studies, any clinical trials only in, only usually included men. Up until very recently did the world have this aha moment, mainly thanks to, you know, women advocating for their rights and getting more visible and, mm-hmm. you know, getting better educated and now being present in those rooms where decisions are made. Now more women are like, well, we also need to look at women. Mm. So, so the uh, issue was in the research and the um, the studies and the samples that they got. There was mostly male. Exactly. So the way we White the way we saw the world. Exactly. So the way we saw the world as like. In, in the medical field, when I say we, I mean like what is considered modern medicine, I right? See. So the way doctors saw the world was that men are the default gender. And, and you're right. And white was considered the default race and everything else was considered an outlier. Mm-hmm. So women were considered, were treated like men, but with like extra body parts, 
you know so like mm-hmm. it's like if a man were to have a uterus instead of a prostate that's how women were treated which is really a very limited way you know to look at any creature or being but also i want to sort of give concrete examples because all of this can sound really meta right yeah, like and bit. philosophical and why should we care exactly so here's why you should care so okay. the concrete examples and let's take something like heart disease So when you think of a patient with heart disease, often you think about a man who is middle-aged, who smokes, right? Mm. Who um, doesn't exercise. And when we think about the symptoms of heart disease, we think of, you know, a pain in the chest and shortness of breath, right? And sweating. And a lot of people might, may or may not hear about, oh, pain in the left arm, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like what we consider like the classic heart attack symptoms. Mm. So... The reality is this is not always what happens and women can have different symptoms. So a lot of women who present to hospitals with heart attacks don't even get diagnosed as having a heart attack, which means even though more men than women have heart attacks, women are more likely to die from a heart attack because... A, they're less likely to get diagnosed. And then even if they do get diagnosed, they're less likely to get the same treatment. So there's something called invasive therapies. What is an invasive treatment? Something like going to the cath lab, you know, getting a wire to open the blockage in the artery. Before we get to that, why are they less likely to get diagnosed? Well, what's the difference? Multiple differences. Mm. So A, so uh, great question. So first of all, women are less likely to go to the hospital in general, okay. right? So in general, for any symptom, women... Because they tend to have more caregiving roles, whether it's with children, whether it's with elderly family members, whether it's in the community at large, women tend to have a lot more responsibilities they need to take care of before they have the time mm. to go to the hospital because they're the ones that tend to run households in most places. So let's say a woman does make it to the hospital. Her symptoms are less likely to present in what we call a textbook way. So this, the symptoms I just listed, which is what we think of as heart attack symptoms, yeah. in a woman it might be something like... stomach pain Ooh, she different. might have nausea right okay. she might not have like the shortness of, or she might only have shortness of breath and not have the same kind of classic chest pain so the symptoms that a woman can have that are a heart attack might not be exactly the same And also, because we're taught even in medical school, right, that men are at more risk of having a heart attack. Mm. So we tend to not think of heart attack as something that happens to women. So even us as doctors, we have this bias, right, yes. because of the way we're taught, because You're not, look you're not data, looking for right? it. You're not, not looking for really it. really looking for it as yeah. effectively. And there is more and more now um, pressure, right? And advocacy to encourage, even in the medical field, to encourage doctors to think about things like heart attacks, to think about these severe things that we only think of as happening to men more likely mm. that can happen to women. So we don't, A, it might present differently to what we expect. B, because women, there are more men that have heart attacks than women. We think We think of it less If a woman is presenting, we think it's lower on what we call a differential diagnosis, which is the list of things that might cause a symptom. So I if see. you go with a, with a headache, you would expect your doctor to give you a list of reasons right. that your headache could be due to. And then they should explain to you why or why not they think it's due to this and not that. Okay, that's one example. What's another? So the other example is treatment of pain. So we know, for example, after surgeries, um, everybody knows surgeries are painful and that people need pain medicines uh-huh. um, after a surgery. And people have tried to sort of be um, a little bit um, precise in doing studies about pain. So they do pain scales. So they ask people to rate their pain from like one to 10. And we know that for the same amount of reported pain, so if a man says my pain is like six out of 10, or if a woman says my pain is six out of 10, a man is more likely to get a painkiller. A woman is more likely to get a sedative. 
because women are perceived as more dramatic or hysterical when it comes to how they report their own pain. So they get less amounts of painkillers in hospitals for the same thing. Even when the reported pain is the same same amount. The same number? You guys, as doctors, you don't have like a, a number where it's all judgment call. So that's, there's always a judgment call, right? Because, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that doctors are terrible people, right? Now, everything but you're yeah. saying does not make it seem like yeah. anyone is particularly terrible. It seems like the, it, for historical reasons, this is yes. this is the 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 consequence of it. We have to all, all every single human, we mm. have to be more aware of the biases that right. we have. Exactly. So this is why I like to talk about this, right? Because yeah. if we don't talk about this bias existing, then we don't really have a hope of trying to help people be yeah. more aware of it. Yeah. So women also tend to under underplay their own pain, right? Because women tend to have a higher threshold for pain than men. And there's women have this Wait, idea. Is that men true? have well, that's what a lot of women think about themselves. Because I always assumed that was true. But again, you have to believe what someone says about themselves. Mm. We don't know if women have a higher threshold of pain. Studies have shown mixed messages about women's threshold of pain. Some show that women are more sensitive. Some show that women are less sensitive. And pain is such a complicated topic, right? Because you can have, and I'm sure you've heard of this, like two men have a broken finger. Mm -hmm. One is like stoic and toughing it up and not responding at all. And someone's like screaming, right? Oh yeah. So the same thing. Someone was getting an emotional breakdown. It's like, I'm fine. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So pain is relative right and how we emotionally deal with pain is dependent Mm. on the person and also what we think about the cause of the pain so if i for example so let's i'm I'm sorry i'm going to say this so like women have menstrual pain right women have period pain once a month nothing to be sorry about so because women have this pain and it's expected to be a normal part of life Mm. maybe some women catastrophize this pain less than if the same amount of pain were to be due for example to a surgery you know? Oh, I see. But then you're not expecting to have this pain. So we need to have better tools in talking about pain. We need to have more awareness when it comes to the, how complicated our uh, Better tools of pain is. about talking about pain. How, how would you do that? How would you go about thinking about that? It's, uh, well, I think understanding the why helps most people. Because, so, and this is from personal experience as a patient, as a doctor, as a family member. Often pain is associated with fear. So... When you're afraid of why this pain is happening, it's likely to make your (laughs) feeling of pain much worse. Also, if in general you're depressed or feeling stressed or feeling down in your life or feeling unloved or isolated, then your feelings of pain will be amplified because you're depressed and now you also have pain, then it sort of compounds how everything feels. So are you saying that the scale in which we're currently using to determine how much pain someone's on, say if a doctor says, rate your pain from zero to to 10 it sounds very it sounds objective but it's not objective. right because think about so one of the things we do in hospitals is we say a 10 is if pain is so bad that you cannot think about anything else so imagine being like stabbed in the eye or if someone hacked off an arm with so a chainsaw a, a, someone like, with a 10 wouldn't say they're there exactly they're in exactly. so much pain they could exactly yeah, exactly yeah. so this is and but the thing is everybody's had their own experiences with pain right mm. so if you're someone who's thankfully been blessed enough to have a life that doesn't have a lot of pain in it and now this is your first 
first time experiencing something painful, mm. you're likely to feel like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you, right? Mm. So it's, it is. it sounds objective, but it's not that objective, which is why doctors can and should use judgment calls when it comes to evaluating a patient's pain and, and what they need because these medicines are not without side effects. So mm. why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this to say that when it comes to women, we have a filter, we have a bias when it comes to listening to women report how they're feeling and report about their own bodies. And this happens, it's, it's very permeant in our culture, right? Like even, even in Oman, for example, it is expected for male relatives to sign for a woman who needs to go to a surgery, for example. So we also have this idea that a woman is not able to make her own decisions in various situations. Mm. And, and that also colors how, uh, how we talk to our patients. It colors how empowered women feel to express themselves, whether they feel entitled to say, for example, that something is wrong, even though a big authority figure like the doctor or the male mm -hmm. figure who's already talked to the doctor about her health have told her she should feel a certain way. So I guess the reason I'm talking about this is A, to sort of ask women to feel more empowered, more entitled to talk about what they're feeling, to advocate for themselves. It seems like that's the only logical place to start. It has it to needs be where to start we start, from yes. Women. Because doctors already get a lot of awareness and there's a lot of like medical literature about trying to talk to doctors about our biases yeah. when it comes to listening to patients. But also you need to address the cultural and societal biases when it comes to listening to women talk about their own bodies and sort of believing women yeah. as they talk about their own bodies. Um, yeah. But who's who's the better authority about yourself than yourself, right? Yeah. And if we trust women to like take care of kids and like be teachers and be nurses and be doctors, then Absolutely. why can't we trust them to talk about themselves and their bodies? But blood pressure, pain, and what else uh, do you, did you you so find? I, so heart disease, not blood pressure. Uh, a heart disease. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, so pain, and, mm. but also in terms of access to healthcare, right? So we have to understand that um, access to health and access to healthcare means how likely are you if you need to see a doctor to actually see a doctor and are there things that stop you from being able to go to see your doctor okay. so some of these things are logistical which means like do I have access to a car can I afford to see my doctor thankfully in Oman we have free healthcare so that's less of an issue mm. but sometimes that means there's waiting lists right in some healthcare institutions that can make you less likely to try and go because you're worried about the experience that you're going to have. Right. But also there's a stigma, right? Especially when it comes to like reproductive health and sexual health. There is a stigma when it comes to women's health and there's a fear of, uh, is my privacy going to be violated? I Can see. I go to an institution and trust them with what I have to say about my health? And sort of mm. making sure we, as if you are a healthcare institution, that you are reassuring your patients that you are taking appropriate measures to, even if you are taking them to ensure patient privacy, talk about them, advertise them, reassure your patient population that they will be treated with respect and that their privacy is intact. Yeah. Uh, and that would help decrease the threshold for women to go seek care when they need it. Yeah. So uh, here's what I'm going to do. Um, mm -hmm. Just to remind the audience, the lines are open. I, I would love for uh, women that are concerned about these issues to call in because I am limited by what I know and what questions I can ask me yeah. being a man. Um, for the number is 24602058. That's 24602058. We're live with Dr. Sura. If you have any questions regarding women's health, uh, call in and um, ask, and hopefully we'll be at a good time where we can let you in. So uh, I'm sure there is more that we're going to get into, but maybe selfishly, I would like to know, for me as a, as a guy, yeah. how should I be thinking about this? What should I do? 
That's a great question. Um, and I love that you asked it because there's this idea that is false that women's issues have nothing to do with men. Okay. And that's and it's, you're, it's absolutely not true, right? Because we're all sharing this community and this society together. And we have, you expect the women in your life to care about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And by the same token, you need to care about the women in your life. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you can do, so if you have parents or, or family members or friends that you know of, um, Ask yourself, are you creating an environment where they can talk to you openly about any health issues that they have? So one of the things I talked about recently is that when a man is experiencing health problems, it does not usually cause shame, right? Like Mm -hmm. a man can talk about anything that's going on with his health, whether it's a cold or a headache or any body pain. There's no assumption that this reflects negatively on the man as a person, right? It's just something he's feeling. Absolutely. But uh, sadly, often when women talk about what's going on with them, um, there's a stigma, right? There's this idea that there's something wrong with her or that she's she's showing weakness or she's being like a delua or she's being a brat. uh, and, And women try to overcome to show that we do deserve to be treated with respect. We try to avoid showing any sign of weakness. So checking in like with your colleagues, with your friends, like ask, how are you doing? Is everything okay? Um, is there anything I can do and uh, to make to make, for example, if it's a work environment, if you like with your colleagues and your peers, is there anything I can do to make this environment more friendly and and mm. easier for you? If it's family members, specifically inquire about health of the women in your life. There's no shame in asking, and I know yeah. we say it like like in this nonchalant oh, way. That doesn't count, man. But ask it like you mean it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And by and also sharing. So ask it like you mean it. Share your own experiences. As create a space for the people that you know and love that feel safe to talk about their issues because it helps a lot when by you understanding what's going on with the women in your life better, mm. then you are better able to advocate if you are in a setting with other guys and there are no women there. There are lots of misconceptions probably, right? Mm-hmm. About things that women report. By informing yourself through educating yourself, then you're in a better position to advocate for things if you're in guy-only settings. And even even if it's only you, then those women are better off having a caring family who, a family member who knows how to care for them. Again, the number is 2460-2058. <laughs> so it's interesting that um, you mentioned this, like not believing them and thinking that they're exaggerated women mm. when they report their health issues. I never, I never thought about that mm. or witnessed it however i have witnessed it when it comes to like say emotional pain yeah and i could see how that would translate as well uh to, towards physical pain it does and there, actually we do know there's a very good link between emotional pain and physical pain so having clinical depression absolutely is correlated with increased chronic pain and mm. this for if you have a reason for chronic pain, so if you have an underlying illness that causes chronic pain, this is very much exaggerated and exacerbated by depression. Mm. But depression itself can be related to chronic pains that don't have a physical reason. So there is a disease called fibromyalgia, for example, mm. where people are suffer from, and it affects women, much more likely to affect women than men. And the symptoms of fibromyalgia are poor sleep and pain severe body pain and some of these women that i've seen in the clinic um feel like they can't go to work it's really impact it really wow. impacts their quality of life yeah. but there's no physical reason right they're going to do all the tests if it's back pain or knee pain or whatever there's no physical reason for this pain right. so you have someone who's reporting pain that is affecting their life seriously mm-hmm. and then you as a doctor you don't have a quick fix right you don't have a pill you don't have a, oh this is a diagnosis mm-hmm. so then 
it's it, and this is another thing that's really important to talk about mental health in general right yeah. because mental health is stigmatized in our society for everyone for everyone for men and yeah. for women it, um, this if uh, if i may so bold to Please. say that uh, when it comes to mental health perhaps maybe the stigma is a little uh, larger on men than it is on women uh, when it comes to men wanting to report like it's There is this there idea. Is a stigma for yeah, men. there. I, I would definitely don't want to put things on scale, but I think from what I've witnessed with my friends and with people that I know, and this is my own opinion, is there. It seems men are less likely to admit that they have mental challenges or mental issues or emotional issues that they're dealing with than women. From what yeah. I've witnessed, at least. Let me take you through this thought yeah. exercise. Okay. We as a society have normalized for women to not be okay. Hmm. and that's why there hmm. is less of a stigma and that's part of the problem right like a woman saying she's feeling down as a society we've decided that this is okay hmm. that this is not something that deserves a reaction this is not something that deserves an intervention so the fact that then that's part of what that's why we say women have a lower stand a lower position in our societies so part of this lower position means we've accepted a higher amount of pain and discomfort as a part of life for women Yeah. So I agree with you when a man higher position who is expected to show a certain masculine face you know yeah, this, stoic it's like exactly and I rock. call this aggressive stoicism right which is bad for everyone yeah. so a man in order to maintain this position of power in society has to look a certain way and act a certain way yeah. and speak a certain way so if a man is showing pain everybody sort of treats it very very seriously very seriously like oh my right? god because like, oh they my. would but they wouldn't admit otherwise exactly so it, we assume that yeah. if a man is saying that we have to take him seriously this problem goes all ways man exactly so when i talk <laughs> that's why when i talk about toxic masculinity this affects yeah. men and women negatively yeah. as a society and and this is again not only locally right this is a global issue and this is a global conversation us we need to learn to start dealing with each other as humans first yeah. genders later these gender roles put everybody in a box mm. no like and yes even though we talk about men having privileges because they're men however as you've shown these privileges come at a price right mm-hmm. often the price that means you cannot be who you are comfortably at the risk of losing this privilege that you have for being yeah, a male god forbid you cry god forbid you cry but if a woman is crying like it's not normal right for someone to cry crying for us to have no empathy mm. that's not okay yeah. so it's, weird. Not. it's like why is it okay to like see a woman crying and be like oh she's a woman like she's a person yeah, they, they like to do that as a hobby exactly like, who enjoys to cry as a hobby or she's just seeking attention or all kinds of insane things I see so, what you're saying so can we increase It, the amount of empathy we have for each other for, yeah, in general for humans yeah. exactly and understand that this toxicity and it is tied to patriarchy and I'm not going to go too on oh why not this. ain't nobody listening just go for it man but yeah. yeah that's like people are like why do you talk about feminism for example and I'm like mm. and this do you hate men no I don't hate men this is a societal structure that impacts everybody negatively you know the issue with feminism to me tell me is the word feminism has so much political connotation yes, to it that yes. you cannot talk about what you actually care about and the yes. problem is you cannot even determine what the other person you're talking to thinks feminism right. is so I just avoid using the word feminism and f- feminist because it does not represent what I'm trying to say 
I'm an advocate of asking questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's exactly. so easy for us to shut people out because they've said a trigger word yeah. that we That's, don't like. Oh right? boy, we're filled with trigger words these we're days. Filled. But like, can we all like just be open? And if we have someone that we're talking to, ask them, what does it mean when you say that? Exactly. And often you'll find that the people who hate the word feminism don't mm. even understand what it means. They're exactly. like, it means you hate men. Yeah. It means you're angry. It means you're acting like everything is wrong in your life. Yeah. Why are you complaining so much? Yeah. Man, no, I have a great life. I'm very grateful. Yeah, I, I have but, a, like I have great male relatives. You know, mm-hmm. like this doesn't mean that I have a bad experience. But yeah. you can just talk about certain pressures in yeah. our societies and in our cultures that are un, that are basically and these are pressures on everyone, like we've mm. just both discussed. However, it also affects women more negatively. Yeah. You know, so that's why I talk about this. That's why I talk about women's health. That's I think oh. awareness, asking questions, be curious, and really, what does what do we all want, right? Regardless of what labels we throw around, regardless of what we we want to live in a place where everybody feels safe, where everybody has the same rights, right? Where everybody like nobody wants ill. No. I don't think even the people who are triggered by this word actually want to harm anyone. Mm. I think it's just misunderstandings that lead to defensiveness. I I avoid this word not because it the word triggers anything. I avoid this word because my arguments become less efficient when True. I use it. You and know that's what I mean? Intelligent. So I would rather say um, the rights of women mm. rather than say feminism. Yeah. Although they might mean the same thing. In it's fact, fine. feminism means equality for all. But that's like, exactly. if, if you're trying to make an argument, I feel like, ah, we do not want to go into this rabbit hole. Let me just right. say what I want to say and avoid the words that that may or may not trigger somebody. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it's good to be intentional about yeah. what you say and when. Um, I intentionally use it because I'm okay talking to someone who is triggered. I'm yeah. okay at deflating a situation if yeah. someone is triggered. If you have I, the energy to go down have, that rab- rabbit hole, then and yeah. <laughs> also, it invites conversations to me, right? I see. So, and also, I think it's important, like, I don't, there's, for me, there is no difference between saying feminist and humanist. It's yeah. like the whole Black Lives Matter argument yeah, in the US, Yeah, it's like, uh, right? all human lives matter. It's like, yeah, we know, but we that's know. not the point. And it's exact, for me, it's exactly <laughs> the same logic. So yeah. for me, there is still a gap in how women are treated across the world mm. and more more definitely in the Middle East uh, when it comes to women's rights and how women are treated in society. And because this gap still exists, yeah. I intentionally use this word. And that means people who are interested in this topic, who have something to say, are more likely to find me yeah. and talk to me about it. And we can have a productive conversation. Mm. And that's why we use labels, right? You use labels so you can attract like-minded people or people who are interested in this topic. Mm. But if we avoid it, then it just... It, it's not it's not in your world so then the question you ask yourself do you want to be someone who has these conversations or not and it's fair to say i don't really want to have them all the time yeah and so i avoid the word especially when you've had them way too many times yeah. already and you're like halas <laughs> i'm okay having them so far and so like I, maybe you I'm will get to it. the point eventually <laughs> and i hope i get to that point because because we don't people need got it. better right exactly <laughs> i'm optimistic uh, some uh, a listener sent in a message asking uh, or saying stating that people may be too afraid to talk on air about this yeah and i tend to uh, i can see why someone might not call in because we did open up the lines the lines are still open if you're brave enough listen you mean about women's health about women's health um mm-hmm. even about any topic yeah. that we cover because sure. we're sitting we're gonna talk about uh, you know a lot of things you're welcome to call in and contribute to the conversation at two four six zero two zero five eight 